0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Tech Girls Podcast. This is Trisha Walsh, your Tech Girls Podcast host. On this podcast, we will explore women and girls in technology. We'll hear their stories, dreams, challenges, and triumphs. On this episode of the Tech Girls Podcast, we moved away from our usual format of a sit-down interview with one or multiple guests. Instead, we are bringing you some snippet interviews from the 2018 Lesbians Who Tech Summit in San Francisco. We want to graciously thank the Lesbians Who Tech organization for allowing us to record during the summit and their generosity of supplying a press pass to the event. We had a blast attending the summit, listening to powerful speakers, walking the tech crawl, and finding more women in technology to connect with in support of the Tech Girls' mission. Thank you to Leanne Pittsford, CEO and founder, and all of the Lesbians Who Tech team.
1: So, general interviewing, we are talking with Kat Wade. Hey, Kat.
2: Hey, how are you? I'm
1: good, I'm good.
2: So, where are you from? Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome. What are do you doing, in Baltimore? Uh, trying to start my own business. I just left collegiate coaching and trying to... Um, Go out on my own and make sure that I am home for breakfast and dinner with my kids and wife. Awesome.
1: So tell me, what kind of business are you trying to start and where are you at in the process? Trying to start virtual coaching.
2: I've always done some a little bit on the side. I've been in collegiate coaching for 15 years. So trying to partner with uh, either small group training, some personal online training, small colleges, private high schools, um, anywhere that I can do a little bit of human performance and help trying to bring, I think, health and wellness And improving one's overall health will improve human performance in every realm, whether it's relationships or business adventures or athletic performance. Um, So I'd like to try and bring that message and help others pursue and to become the very best human being that they can. My conduit happens to be health and wellness and athletics.
1: Great. So tell me a little bit about why you're at Lesbian Zoo Tech.
2: Because I know nothing about technology. I need to figure it out especially if I want to go into virtual coaching where technology is going to have to be my right hand. I wanted to come to an event that I heard was incredibly positive and be around around women who look like me, who can be incredible mentors and friends and a support system and offer my support to those because I have some skills to bring to the table that have nothing to do with technology. Um, But I wanted to be in an inclusive, supportive, positive environment. So... Where are you in the process of starting this business? I'm trying to work with some people to figure out, I need a website built. I need a name. I need a logo that will help span the gamut of the, of the community that I want to reach, that um, is true to who I am, and, and find some authenticity. Um, so that's where I'm at. And, and I, don't know, I don't know what that should look like. I don't know what it should cost me. I don't know who I need to talk to. I don't know who is going to be... Um, authentic and have integrity in their own business and how do i support those people that are so yeah i I think um the tech crawl is going to be
1: the place you're going to want to be a lot in the next couple of days i think you're going to get a lot of answers to those questions so tell me more about what you hope to get out of this event beyond just learning more about technology that's going to support your new business
2: i hope to meet a community of people that i can always reach out to I think I've learned the most from learning from people outside of my industry of athletics and human performance um, how, how have they put together their mission statement and how do they go about defining their, their values for their company how do they go about speaking out on those values how do they find their authentic voice what ways are they using marketing so learning from people outside of my industry has always been paramount and that's what I hope to find people to help me think outside the box and push me to do so
1: what do your wife and kids think about you being here? How inspirational are you? Are they for you?
2: Well, my wife went to the one in New York. My son is two, so he's sort of trying to figure it out. I just keep sending him videos of the city and sending him a little video, reading a book last night to him. Man, those two are my heroes. So they're amazing. My wife is unbelievably supportive. I'm really lucky. What is this new venture going to be called? I have no idea. I need some help in that area, too.
1: Okay, so you talked about a logo and a website, so you also need to brainstorm
2: some names. Yeah, yeah I need some names that help me, um, that are succinct and that help me cover the gamut of the population that I want to reach and will help me scale for, for where my wildest dreams could go, but I'm not there yet. So right, Awesome. Kat, thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: That was Kat Wade from Baltimore, Maryland. What an exciting opportunity that she is going to present all of us to launch this business to do coaching. We're really excited to help her on her way and give her recommendations about the Tech Crawl here at the Lesbian Who Tech Conference.
0: This episode of the Tech Crawl's podcast is brought to you by all the amazing contributors to our Indiegogo campaign. We want to especially recognize our givers at the Tech Girls champion level. They are Cindy and Steve Walsh, Lauren and Fermin Mata, Sonia Dillon, Dave Walsh, and Yvette Romero Aguilera. Special thank you goes out to Jim McAway, who contributed at the Tech Girl Superstar level. Thank you all for sharing our vision of bringing the stories of girls and women in technology to this podcast.
1: All right, so here we are doing another general interview from the floor, we are talking with Tonda Case. We're also talking with Caroline Vu. All right, ladies, woo! Lesbians Who Tech in San Francisco, Summit 2018. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. So what I'd like to ask is, so what are you doing here? What are you hoping to get out of the Lesbians Who Tech Summit?
3: So I'm here primarily to take a look at and talk to people who are actually doing the work. I work on the periphery of tech and I want to have a more tech role, uh, you know, a more established tech role. And I'm not quite sure what direction to go in. And a lot of the training courses, they really focus on either young people um, or people who have a sense of where they want to be. I don't have that. And so I came to engage with these badass women in tech to get a sense of where I want to be. And that is Tonda's voice.
4: I'm pretty similar to Tonda. I uh, I came to see what's out there, you know, to see what women in our community are doing in the tech field. I've only started coding about a about a year now. And, you know, I want to see what direction I can take with it, what things I could do
1: with it, and, um, you know, the possibilities that are out there. So, Tonda, I heard you talking about being a mom. So I want to talk a little bit about that. One of the uh, missions of our podcast is to help reach young women and girls, um, in any way that we can to inspire them. So what are you seeing? Uh, you have a daughter, correct? So your daughter, what is she inspired by? Well, my daughter's an artist.
3: And so we're talking to her about ways she can use male uh, technology in her art and bring it to life in that way. And for myself, um, I think that as her mom, I know that if, if, I, if I step into tech and I show interest, at some point she's going to be intrigued and I'll be able to feed her what I can feed her. And I think also too, you know, she's at that age, my, my oldest daughter's is 22, but my youngest to 17 is like kind of in resistance to mom. So I don't want to push it too heavily, but I also want to have it incorporated in everything we do. When she is, you know, speaking with her father, they're he works in technology as well, so he does his piece. But my piece is very different, because I talk to her about the ways that she can apply it to her art. Not just about how you can make a living. Yes, that's important. But I want her to, if she's going to look into technology, to find a way that it speaks to her directly. And Carolyn, being a young person
1: yourself, what are some of the things that inspire you about today's women?
4: I'd start off by saying the wide diversity of women that are here just in age in um, kind of where they are in life and how they came to be you know related to or involved in tech and for me that's very inspiring because you know my background's not traditionally uh, what you would think of I think as somebody who, who wants to enter or be in the tech community In growing up tech was never presented as like a cool thing a girl should want to focus on or pursue and just to see all these women here doing awesome things makes me it just inspires me you know Uh, and makes me believe that you know I could too like I have a chance uh, it's not too late um, or any of that to kind of jump into it and kind of really do cool things and make something of it Uh, and it like Tonda was saying right it, it could be applied to anything in life like that's what uh, another thing I think is really awesome and inspiring here is that it's not just about technology doing you know basic computer science type things or apps and developments. It can be applied to such a broad spectrum of aspects that would, it would impact your day-to-day life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you hit on some really great points. One of the things I've noticed is that the summit has a very intentional uh, quota where they say half of us are going to be women of color, right? And they intentionally made sure that was in there, their percentage quotas they want to hit for transgender and non-binary. And so when we think about that and I look around at this audience, we're hitting it in the audience as well. But if we don't see it on stage, we're not going to see it in the audience. And I think their intention shows us that if we intentionally push for roles for women, roles for lesbian, roles for women of color, we are going to see that change happen. We just have to help push that, get those numbers out there, say it's what we're going to do. So talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges you've seen either being uh, a woman, a lesbian, or a woman
3: of color. Um, You know, as a queer woman of color, I I have to say, um, and also of a certain age, right? Like, so when I stepped into tech briefly, like around the edges of technology, right? It was HTML. People were, people were walking around with cards, boxes of cards, punch cards, right? Like that's, that's when I first knew there was config sys. I remember like breaking the computer by messing around with that. So I've always had an interest, but I didn't have the encouragement. And so coming of age now at a, at a place where, the, it's it's accessible, and that there and there are programs that are specifically geared toward women. Um, so coming coming of age at a time where technology is accessible to everyone, it gives me the opportunity to rethink what what did I feel like I missed, and so whatever I feel like I missed, I can redo. It's not too late, and so that's for me. I think yeah, that's that's pretty much what I would say. Like it's looking at coming of age, access to the information and seeing myself in the role.
4: I would say uh, before this weekend, like, I knew there were lesbians who coded and lesbians use tech, right? right? But I didn't know any lesbians who coded our tech. And so uh, this is it's eye-opening. It's a great opportunity to meet people but in my day-to-day life or just in my general environment um those women aren't there or or at least I don't know it and um I think that was kind of maybe a hurdle uh into wanting to to learn to code because you know it it's inspirational when you can do it with uh, with people who also share your your ideals and uh kind of the way you live your life and it's so integrated into who I am that there's no way to parse Yep. those two and so when i'm sitting there you know coding at a coffee shop with a bunch of dudes it's a completely different environment because their perspective on life which i mean just to say it like bleeds into what you're what you're doing and what you're writing and what you're coding or like the kinds of things you, kinds of problems you want to solve with your with your algorithm uh, you know your perspective on life has an impact on that and so when you're sitting there and you're the only woman there or the only queer person there uh, it's a little different, you know, to convince the team to to want to pursue something that would benefit our community or just equality in general. You know, you have to kind of break it down and explain it to them. And I think those are maybe some of the hurdles um, that I faced before, but now I, I can see, like, there's this great community of women, you know, all over the world who have come here for this weekend. And that's, you know, again,
3: very inspiring. Awesome. It brings up for me too is that idea of calling people in as opposed to calling people out, right? Like when you're in an environment where you are an outsider, if you will, right? It, they typically you're not called in. When I was talking about this um, event with just this random person in a guy in in like a lift ride or whatever. His response was, "Well, you work in HR. You probably ought to stick to getting your certifications in HR." And that was really his. Because I asked him, I said, "What would you say would be a good way for me to connect with technology?" And this is who I am, and this is what I want to do. I I like looking at people analytics, right? And like looking at how to develop strong, engaged managers and leaders through the use of technology and metrics. How do you do? What would you? What would you say? That was what he said, and so. You know, if I look at that and, and and talk to you about having met women here who said, "Hey, you know what? You want to do that? Maybe you ought to think about JavaScript. You can do this. You can do that. You know, like Python, blah blah blah." And it's like calling me in as opposed to calling me out, saying that you know, like that's this is not where you belong. It's the ability to be able to find people that look like me, my age, maybe with my who stepped into it as a second, third, or fourth career who had to learn from scratch, who didn't have the chops, who didn't have the privilege of having uh, a, a computer science background, right? Like, that's a privilege. And it, it, it's a privilege that that, that the, the further we move in time, the more people are afforded that privilege. But for those of us who straddle, um, what do they call us? Is this What generation am I? Gen who? You're Gen X. I'm a baby boomer. The baby boomers, right? <laughs> like, those of us, we're still trying to, many of us, are still trying to... And especially if you are, you do the, the anecdotal people work, you're looking at stories, you're trying to help people develop from the inside out and trying to help them find the, the places that technology and their work and, and who they are and how they lead all intersects. These are very important things that you just can't do with data alone and you cannot do with technology alone. So I see myself in many ways as a bridge between the things that... Um, that you pull from anecdotal information, from getting to know who a person is, by hearing their story, and you couple that with data. To me, that's badass. Like, that's... That calls me That calls me in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that made me think of two things. One is the movie
1: Happiness, where Will Smith, in the scene with his son, starts sort of negatively picking on him about the way he's playing basketball, and he has an epiphany, and he says... No one can tell you what you're capable of. Not me, not anybody else. And he's in tears telling his son that story because he had been boxed in and he realized that the messages he got kept him where he was and down. And so he came forward. And the other is Leanne kicked us off this morning with uh, positive persistence, right? And so I I agree that if we don't step in, no one's going to invite us. No one. I mean, that's what Sheryl Sandberg wrote about lean in. If we don't step in, no one's going to invite us. And particularly if we're of any other minority group other than the one we look like, right? Um, whether it's our age or it's our ethnicity or race, being queer or whatever.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, 100% agree. You know, and it's all of that internal stuff that people don't know that what you struggle with every day about your worth and about your ability. People look at you and they think, damn, badassery, right? But they have no idea what you as a, as a person have to work through to get up and get out the door and when you get out the door and everything in the world is telling you you don't belong here and you got to fight to find your place that's why this is important because I didn't have to fight with anything to come in that door I didn't have to reconsider myself or, you know, think about myself in different terms. I was able to say, this is who I am. This is the age I am. These are the experiences I have. People are important to me. People's stories are important to me. And helping people to be better, that's my call. And how can I do that where I use technology? For me, again, that's that's the badassery of all of it it's not just technology for the sake of technology it's how technology helps people move it's how technology helps people to live better lives it's how technology helps humanity to become better otherwise it's just useless to me that's
4: and uh so recently i think just kind of watching what's happening you know in our world and in our country um I think I've kind of come to this self-realization of, you know, maybe I don't have the patience for it, but I, just, I don't have time to wait for someone else to invite uh, me okay. in, like you're saying, you know, But or to create the world that I think we all deserve. And so now, you know, um, I feel almost a sense of responsibility that if, if I have the ability, uh, uh, ability to step into it or, or to contribute something, then I should. We should all work to craft the world that we deserve.
1: You know, it's, I don't have time to wait for someone else to do that.
0: Yes. I agree. agree.
1: Alright ladies, we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for your time and uh, joining us today on the Tech Girls Podcast. Yeah.
0: The music you are enjoying right now is composed by Susan Davis Warren and recorded by Matt Sebaslian for the Tech Girls Podcast.